what's good ladies and gentlemen welcome to the grateful eight show marcus watts in the building brayton rogo your host for this beautiful friday morning good morning my man marcus how are you living my brother I'm doing good, man. Today's a good day. I'm I'm feeling a little better today. Just in good spirits, man. I'm I'm excited too because, you know, now we have the show out like full time and people can digest it. And man, I just love getting on here and just chatting with you, bro. So good day today. A lot of good things happening. How about you, man? Yeah, it's cool to finally see it like live. You know, you pull up your Spotify, you know, it's right there. It's us, dude. We're out here. So that's great. I know you've had a long week though, bro. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. You you yeah. Kind of broke your routine and then paid the consequences. What do we got going on, bro? Yeah. So a, a few things. So, um, you know, here in Dallas, you know, for a while I didn't have all my stuff here, you know, it was getting shipped and, you know, just trying to get resituated and find this routine, you know, and I'm a big creature of habit. You know, I find that, you know, when I'm sticking to routines that I'm, I perform in all areas. And if something's off, if things aren't clean, if things are unorganized, if whatever it might be, not exercising at all just plays into, you know, the, the, you know, the whole loop. So this past week, my back, neck and hips just seized up. I woke up because I'm coaching AAU now and uh, seventh graders. I help with a few different teams, but I'm a part of a really cool organization called Texas Elite. It's an Adidas program. I haven't coached in like 13, 15 years. So it's nice to get back involved. Man, I got up for our second game this past Sunday and bro, I could not like getting out of sleeping was already bad. Getting up was rough. I was like, holy shit. And then bro, I couldn't, I couldn't touch my knees. Like I could like y'all hear me. I could not touch my knees. I was in that pain, not like my shins or my ankles. And, you know, I'm a guy that can only put my chest to my thighs. And, uh, I just realized that. And then you know, I would end up going to see the team doctor, you know, Monday and he would snap crackle and pop me. And, and we just getting, trying to get to the root of it. And it actually, the funny thing is it actually was not my back. That was the issue. And, and you know, we talk about this in performance all the time. Like, your back hurts, but you didn't do anything to your back actually. Right. Like you didn't take blunt trauma to your back, which means that's just a causation, you know what I'm saying? Or that's the localization of your pain, but the causation is is coming from somewhere else, which is true about a lot of things in life. So what I noticed was like, if I just tried to sit and do like a figure four with my legs, you know, cross my legs or something, bro, I could not lift my leg to even do that, which was telling me, man, my hips have gotten so tight. So I just started thinking back on it. Well, I built this routine up over the last couple of years, you know, where I get up and I do mobility stuff every morning. I'm up around like five or six. I'm having some coffee. I'm doing meditation. I'm doing my journals and a lot of things that we're going to talk about. I hadn't really done that stuff in months since I moved into my apartment. My routine has been completely off. You know, my gym is an, in a place I can't necessarily get to it for the hours that I want and things like that. And I realized I'd stop putting the attention to detail into my body while training way more. You and I have been really getting deep into our training volume and experiment with stuff. And in order for me to continue to have like a quality life, you know, we have to earn the right to keep up that capacity. And basically my body was like, you're sitting in a car 45 minutes at least both ways up to four times a week, which is more I have in the last five years. You're not doing the stretching and mobility. You're trying to make us box and train three, four hours more than we had been. And you're not doing any of the maintenance. So we're going, we're going to teach you a lesson. So I've been really digging in this week, which is a part of, you see why my desk is in a different place. 
I'd been letting some things sit off for a while, ordering things in. I didn't have my drill, so I didn't have stuff up on my walls for like a month and a half. Some things that I need up because I'm like, oh man, I need to get a drill. I'm going to order it from here. And I never did it. So I really just had to take a step back and say, look, man, in business and friendships and all this stuff, if I want to be successful and have a high quality in training in just quality of life, I got to put in the freaking work, man. Yeah. And with my back too, I have the same issue. I don't have back trauma, but I can always tell when I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing as far as body maintenance, because that's always the first thing that goes. And I never have had true back trauma. I don't have any disc problems or nothing like that. But the second I stop paying attention to those little details as far as my mobility and my morning routines and stuff like that, it's always my back that like goes first. And even speaking back to COVID, when I had COVID really, really bad, that was the first thing that popped up for me too, was I had back pain that was so bad, bro, that I could not like function. Like I could barely roll out of bed because the back pain was so bad as I was sick during that time. So for me, it's always the first red flag that goes. And we talked about, I like to play basketball at least three days a week. And you know what that means, that I am putting a little trauma on my back as far as running and jumping and everything else. So then if you add, you know, the, the lack of mobility and stuff like that on top of it, that, that fires up really quick. Do you have any other parts of your body that flare up when you, when you start getting out of that kind of morning routine? Yeah. You know, so my, it's kind of like a mix of like my back and my hips, my right hip. I lack a lot more mobility and just range of motion. So I really have had to work at it over the last couple of years. But the other part of that, and this is going to probably make a lot of sense to you because you've had some serious injuries, my knee surgery. So since I had my knee surgery, you know, you have these general imbalances in your body already. So if I'm standing more, if I'm sitting more, if I'm jumping more, if I'm lifting more, I'm squatting more. I mean, I'm doing things on, you know, leg press and squat that I haven't been able to do in in years. And that's it's funny because the doctor that I go to, you know, he's the team doctor for Texas Elite. Uh, Dr. Anthony Jones, shout out. He was like, yeah, you know, it's probably not even your back exactly like you said. And he was breaking some really cool stuff down to me. He was reminding me because, you know, it's been a while since I talked to somebody on that level about performance. And he was saying, you know, when you get cut reconstructive or, you know, reparative surgery, he was talking about how those responders really change and for what is getting signaled to the brain. So starting to lack mobility in my, you know, kneecap and all the supporting musculature and whatnot around my knee, it's not sending the same signals that it used to. So I'm like, damn, it's all these different things that can come into play. You know, you had a knee surgery too. Is that ever something that seems to come back up for you as well? That's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about it as you were talking and my knees, just in general, it was actually kind of the reason I stopped doing CrossFit was the volume on my knees between playing ball and then just the volume of Olympic weightlifting and, and the loading that CrossFit brought, my knees really started to bother me. So that's kind of why I pulled out of that. But, you know, that was, that's been years now. And so now with my knee, it's actually the, the one that I had all the surgeries on. So I had three ACL reconstructions on my right leg and another surgery that was essentially a bone marrow repair because of one of the grafts that they did they drilled the hole. I tore it again. That hole then essentially got, the bone got eroded. So they had to redo the bone um, in my right shin. And to be honest, that leg does not bother me. That is the least of my worries. But I think it is because of what you were talking about. You know, when I hoop and stuff, I'm sure I favor it. I, I actually know I do to an extent. I'm sure when I'm lifting, there are certain things I do that favors it. And so 
what I essentially have done now. I mean, that was 15 years ago. What I've done now is caused all that trauma now on my left leg to where even as early as this week, I started getting a little bit of shin splint in my left leg because one, I wasn't doing my mobility like I should, but two, I was probably overusing my left leg. And so that's why going back to the training conversation, super important for me to do um, unilateral movements with both legs and making sure that's like, you know, Bulgarian split squats, stuff like that, where I'm isometric to my quote unquote bad knee. Big one. Because when I don't, that's actually probably when I do feel the most pain is when I obviously am not training both sides. And it's easy to hide it. Going back one more time to bring up that COVID because the worst part about COVID for me was the pains. And it was like, bro, every injury I'd ever had in my whole career, back, knee, shoulder, all of it, I could feel, it felt like I woke up that morning from the football game that caused it. And I did that for a week, but we're going to move on and uh, we're going to dive into our morning routines. Let's talk a little bit more about what that looks for each of us and how we start off our day. All right, Marcus. So we want to talk today about our routines. And so we're going to cut this into two parts. We're going to do the first part will be our morning routines and then we'll follow it up with our uh, evening and night routines. I know for me and my household, I've mentioned this before, but got two little girls i have a wife that is big routine big on routines and so uh, i've kind of always been this way in the sense of like my routine and schedule i think that goes back to us being athletes where you know you have weights at this time you have breakfast at this time you have class at this time so it's Mm -hmm. we kind of had structure i think throughout a majority of our adolescence and then into our adult years and then i think you probably just kind of carry that naturally because that's what you're used to But I do know for me specifically, setting those boundaries inside my family as far as like, hey, this is what I do in the mornings has proved that it's brought more value to my family throughout the day. Let me, I'll explain a little bit more about that. So when you guys become dads, you don't get as much personal time and you don't have as much time to yourself. And I learned that very quickly after my first daughter was born that I was going to have to seek out time for myself. And you know, for some people that is a late night routine. And for me, it is an early morning routine. My wife likes to go to bed early. It's something I adapted. I actually used to be the late night person in our relationship, but I think it was one of the, I won't even call it a sacrifice. I would call it a, one of the adjustments I made pretty early in our relationship that I'm actually willing to go to bed earlier because long-term it, it provided more value for me the next day. Cause I was, you know, up at a better time. I was getting after it. And that, it kind of made me start to enjoy my mornings. It really does. And I think, you know, being in the gym space, once we opened our gym and, and as I was coaching, like you don't have a choice, but to get there at 5 a.m. So essentially I just became a morning person through kids, through jobs, through habit. But now in the space I'm in now, we touched on it a couple weeks ago. I'm a little more flexible with my work schedule, but that routine has stayed the same. And what I have done, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you wake up at 4.30 every morning or 5 a.m. every morning to go do something? And I actually, it's, it's not hard for me. I found something I enjoy to do. So I love playing basketball. I enjoy it. And so I found something that I'm excited to get up and do the next day. So the night before, I lay out my little outfit of where I'm going to hoop in. So when that alarm goes off, I get up and it's, it's a great way to start my day. And so that's been essentially built into my early morning routine. And we'll talk more about the specifics around what I do every single day. But Marcus, what have you found in your 
day to day as far as getting up in the morning and kind of getting your, your life going right away out the gate? Yeah. So I do want to preface this with saying like, this is a reminder, like I am working to get back into this routine. So I'm not even going to flag like, Oh, look at me. My life is great. I'm look, my body is destroyed. It is not fantastic. My sleep habits are shitty. I'm working to get it back together, but I've had this up back and forth so many times because, you know, life has ups and downs in different seasons that I'm not worried about it. So the last time that I used this was last fall when you and I started our calls again, when I was going amidst that, amidst, when I was amidst that transition of, Hey, I just got laid off from, you know, being a marketing director. Um, holy shit. What am I going to do? I got to launch my own company. I don't have a schedule anymore. So that, so this is what I did to give myself that structure and also take the, as much time as I could to use that time. Well, so the first thing that that comes into play is, is early waking. You, you gotta wake early. Now, if you are not rested, I don't really like getting up if I'm not rested. And I know some people might say like, it's bullshit, but a part of the reason I haven't been getting up early is because I know I'm not getting myself in bed. And there's a certain point where you just, I just, I just got to get up and you just get up even though you haven't slept, but I like being rested. So that way I'm not struggling in the morning. Right. There's again, there's certain points where you just got to do it, but meditate after I get up. I like to just have some low lights. You know, I have like a lot of colored lights in the apartment. So you know, just have some low lights on, do some meditation stuff. Then the next thing is I like some coffee, you know, while I'm meditating, the coffee's already in the French press, or it might be some tea. Cause I've really been trying to reduce my coffee consumption. So instead of having like a whole thing of French press, I might do a, a half, which is really like a cup and a half of coffee. Then I like to get into mobility and really taking a look at how my body feels just to kind of get me going. And while I do mobility, I like to intake some type of audio and visual. So I've sent these to you before. It's called Motiversity. I really kind of want to start something like this where it's just, a it's either like speeches of people from Motiversity or it's like compilations of like Eric Thomas, The Rock, yada, yada, or like an entire speech by Denzel Washington, Chadwick Boseman. It's just people who, when they speak, they, they touch you. And they're giving some messages that I need to hear. So I just start intaking all this stuff while I'm doing mobility. I'll be in low lights and actually on the laptop or here at the computer, you know, I have the command. So I have three screens. So all three screens will have this going on it and I'm seeing the words and I'm hearing it and it's motivational. Then after that, I like to plan my day. All right. What we got on the schedule. This is what we got on the schedule. These are my open time blocks. All right. What do I want to do with these time blocks? Well, I want to go work out at this time. That's already blocked off. I need to go through all my leads. I need to go through my tasks. I need to handle. Okay. Boom. After that, walk the dog. Um, then I get to outgoing emails. Now, sometimes I do this earlier, like after I planned out the day or maybe even right before. Outgoing only. I'm not clearing my inbox. This is things that are on my mind and things that I need to tell people or things that I need taken care of. Then I go after that, I do um, incoming emails. So I take a look at you know what emails I have coming in and whatever responses I need to send to those accordingly. Maybe I'll set that for later. Maybe that's going to actually be tomorrow's outgoing emails or at the end of the day, because I'll do it at the end of the day. And then from there, you know, I might work out. I haven't been working out early in the morning. Um, I've been going later just because I'm more comfortable doing that and I, I like it, but I feel like I need to get uncomfortable. I'm in a period of my life right now where I'm relaunching business and all that stuff. And I, I need to get uncomfortable. 
and I need to start getting my ass up in the morning, go work out first thing, set the tone and kind of build that warrior's mentality. Because again, I like doing things. If it's uncomfortable, I run towards it. If I don't want to do it, you know, there was a kid I was coaching last night. Last thing I'll say, he's a, he's actually a sixth grader. He's a really talented kid. His name's Caden. And, um, we had eighth grade kids that were working out with us as well. Cause it was just a skill session. And uh, I was breaking them up into groups and I said, Hey, which group do you want to go work with? You want to work with, he normally plays with the seventh graders. He's a big kid. And he goes, Oh, those guys. And I go, why? He goes, cause those guys are going to like beat me up and they're going to like, and I go, take your ass over there. Caden, go, go walk, walk into the storm. Don't be worried about it. Take your L's. You're going to get better. Let me be clear. This is not a punishment. We're just trying to callous your mind to this. You know, and he was like, okay. And he went and did it. So that's what I'm, I know I need to start doing. There are certain things I just got comfortable with. And I was like, oh, one thing leads to another. And now I'm taking accountability to make sure I can, you know, get business where I want, get my body where I want and be performing at a high level. You touched on a lot of good points as far as starting your day. And, and especially for somebody that, you know, I wouldn't say you're a bachelor, but somebody that's when you live on your own, it is so much easier to sleep in to, you know, cause you're not, you're not accountable to anybody right first thing in the morning or in my scenario, 99% of the time I'm accountable to somebody unless I'm up before 5am. So mm-hmm. I think that was really cool talking through all the different steps. Can I, can I add on to that real quick too? Yeah. Cause it's even, even more Caesar most times stays over at Kylie's because I like him to be with her. You know what I'm saying? She has the big house on her own. He has room to roam around. So I don't even have to get up right now and walk him most days or let him outside anywhere. So, yeah. So I think that's really cool. Now I'm going to touch on it from a husband's side. So Mm -hmm. please do. Like I mentioned, my wife has always been an early morning riser. And so it it took me a little time to get to this and and I'm going to, I'll just break down my morning and I'll tell you a little bit of the specifics, but essentially my alarm goes off. I use um, a Fitbit right now. I had to use other devices, but right now it's a Fitbit and it does the vibrating obviously to wake wake me up because I don't want to wake my wife up because it's before dawn. And, uh, but I do set it, it has that feature where it's going to wake you up at hopefully the best time, right? Where it's, it's about your lightest sleep of a half, a half an hour up to when that alarm's actually going to go off. So that's been kind of a useful tool that I recently started using because it, it, it's given me the opportunity to wake up when my body is not in the deepest sleep. And so when that alarm does go off, even if it is 20 minutes earlier than it's supposed to, my mind is in a good spot as far as how hard I had been sleeping. And so it kind of gives me a little jump start to the day. Can you break that down, B? Like, cause I think some people may not understand waking up in deep sleep and versus waking up in a lighter sleep. Yeah, I won't get into too crazy of specifics cause I'll be honest, I'm not an expert in it, but there is different parts of your sleep. If you look at sleep data with any app, it's gonna tell you your REM sleep, you know, your light sleep and the and, you know, amount of times you wake up, stuff like that. And so the optimal time for you to wake up is not during your REM or your, your deepest sleep. And so I think these devices are advanced enough now where it can sense your body and what area of sleep you're in in that moment. And then it can essentially wake you up when it believes it is the best time. And, and I think it works. I've actually noticed a bigger difference when I do use it compared to what I don't. Because sometimes if I just set it for 5 a.m., and it goes off and I'm in a deep sleep, it's much harder for me to get up. But if I set that window 
where it, it kind of can can pick the right time, I usually feel like I wake up in a better headspace, in a better mood, and just overall like not as tired because I'm not in as deep of a sleep as I was when that alarm went off. So I am a shower guy. The first thing I do after that alarm goes off is I waddle myself into the shower. This is before I go play basketball. So I'm like, I'm about to go sweat and get all nasty, but it is part of my morning routine and it's how I wake up and it's how I get just kind of going. I don't do a cold shower. What I actually do is I do a hot shower and I start stretching while I'm in the shower. Uh, we have like a nice little bench in there. So I'll start doing some hip stretching. I'll do some calf stretching, you know, leaning against the walls in the shower as the hot water is kind of hitting me and just kind of get getting my blood flowing a little bit. Damn, that's smart. And uh, kind of open everything up and, and wake me up. So I would say that shower usually lasts about five to 10 minutes. I'm not, I'm not necessarily like scrubbing down or, or, you know, spending an hour in there, but long enough to get you know, a little bit of stretching, a little bit of those aches and pains from waking up out of my body. Then what I do is I actually do do a little bit of supplement intake. So I've been playing around with this. I've been taking a product from Driven Nutrition forever, probably six years called uh, Disrupt, which is essentially caffeine mixed with aminos. Um, so it's a great little, it's about a, a cup of coffee, give or take. So it's about 80 milligrams. But what I, I've kind of been playing around with lately is I actually do a pure caffeine supplement from Caffeine and Kilos. And I mix that with some EAA. So essentially the same thing, but just a little different version. And I can, I can control the caffeine consumption because I noticed I was getting to hoops and like the caffeine was kicking in, even though it was like 80 or 100 milligrams. And it was just a little too much stimulation for me to be hooping. So with the or with the caffeine being a separate supplement, I'm able to control the exact amount of caffeine I'm taking in uh, right around 5 a.m. Along with that, I actually don't eat or anything before I go hoop. I sometimes will throw in a carb source, but as of late, it's not something I've needed. I feel pretty refreshed and ready to go. So I go hoop for two hours, give or take. I'm usually back by about 7 to 7.30. And recently I bought an ice bath. And so right after hooping, just like the good old days, Marcus, of you know, right when we're done with practice or done with the game, jump in that ice bath. And it just kind of helps, you know, with my inflammation. It also helps kind of regenerate me <laughs> for the rest of my day because my day is actually just about getting started and so from there um i still have about an hour to an hour and a half to spend with my family so you know helping my daughters get ready for school seeing if my wife needs anything around the house and then i'm usually this is all monday wednesday friday so monday wednesday friday i'm usually in charge of taking our girls to school so that gives me an opportunity to listen to some podcasts if i want to usually i'm listening to some kind of sports podcast of the games that happened the night before stuff like that and then um I come home and that's when I actually start my first real caffeine intake. And I'll, you know, I'm a big Fit Aid guy. So the Fit Aid 200 milligram caffeine drinks is, is what I grab. And I go up to the office and, and I start my day. I love what you were saying about the emails. I actually never thought about doing it that way. I think it's a great way to do it. What I do is I have a task list. So I look at the task and I go, okay, like, what do I got to attack today? What's on my docket? Uh, me and you both use things like Trello, things like that. So I have you know, to-do lists and stuff like that. I have priority lists. So I kind of relook over that and then I start attacking the day. I really like to get up here and sprint here at the beginning of, of my day. So from about nine to 11, I'm locked in, I'm caffeined up, still haven't really ate a real meal yet. And then once about 11 o'clock hits, I'm starting to get hungry, you know, potentially need some more hydration, stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of my morning routine on those days. Now, Tuesdays and Thursdays are a little different because 
what I found going back to your conversation about you want to wake up and train. I used to do that. My body just does not respond well to it. I don't know if it's my joints, if it's my muscles. I'm sure if I spent an extra hour of mobility before I worked out, maybe that would work in my favor. I just, right now I don't have the capacity to do that. So for me on those Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are truly my rest days. So I actually sleep in as quote unquote in as much as I can, which that means instead of getting up at five, I'm getting up at about 6.30 or seven. Gives me an extra hour, extra hour and a half. Obviously I'm not playing basketball those days. So I'm able to, you know, give my body that extra rest that I potentially missed out on the night before because what I had done before is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hoop. By Wednesday, I'm struggling because I woke up, you know, I've gotten limited sleep those days in a row. I've hooped every day in a row. So my knees, my legs are getting tired, stuff like that. So the every other day has really worked in my favor. And then the last thing I'll touch on, what it also does, it gives me a, a opportunity to listen to my body and then respond as need be. So with my training and when I lift and when I go work out, I'm at the point where I can, I like to do it based on how I feel. And I can feel different, I call them red flags. So like if I'm getting a little anxious, if I'm like have a short fuse at the house, things like that, that's telling me, Brenton, you need to go blow off some steam outside of basketball. You need to go move some weight, you need to go touch a barbell, you need to you know touch a dumbbell or something. So that's those are the first cues I listen to, but then I also listen to like how my body feels. And so I'm to the point today, it's Friday morning, I will hit a training session today. It may be an hour and a half, it may be two hours, it may be 30 minutes, but like, my body is telling me, B, we need to lift some weights. We've done cardio all week by hooping as much as you have, but it's time to actually like physically grab something and move it. So for me, I can look at, I have a little window in the end of my day where I could potentially always work out. But what I do is I get to about this point in the day, which is it's 11.45 right now, and I go, okay, I can train today. And so then I start planning for my afternoon session to go train. And that's usually based on how my body feels. So if my legs feel good, cool, I'll go do legs. My upper body feels good, I'll go do upper body. And that's usually about three times a week. Saturday mornings are a guarantee we go to the gym. Me and my wife, it's something we do together. So I, I know no matter what Saturday morning I'm gonna train. So it's just on me to pick two other days throughout the week to make sure I go in and hit a session. So that's my morning, bro. Um, I have a couple questions that now we can just kind of, we kind of both shared our routines. And now I have a couple questions I put on our board just around like, you know, some of the specific topics. So the first one I want to talk about is, is, do you think that morning routines are overrated? You know, we see a lot of social posts, people like, get up, get after the day, blah, 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 blah. I have my opinions on it, but I'm going to pass it off to you first. Marcus, do you think morning routines are overrated? You know, I, it's kind of like I was saying before, I, I, I don't and I and I do because I like to allow myself some grace and then also give myself some some tough love at times. That's what I talked about. Like, you know, the grace is I'm going to sleep till I'm rested. Yeah, I said I was going to get up, but I didn't do the things the night before to make sure I got in bed in time or my quality of sleep was just bad. I'm going to sleep more, but I'm also going to do the work to look into why I'm not getting myself in bed. That's sleep hygiene. Why am I not sleeping with better quality, right? And I track the same thing like you do. We care about these types of things because we know how important it is. There are seasons where, look, it's super important. And then there's times where it's morning routine. Your morning routine is about to change. Nicole's about to drop a whole human being. You know what I mean? So the things that you have planned, you you may not be able to execute as planned. 
But then there's going to come a point where you're going to go to Nicole and say, Hey, like I need to do this. And she's going to be like, okay. And you guys will figure out how to navigate it. And you'll slowly start to ease back into that routine, or at least for a short time, adjust that routine. So you can start to feel morning routines are giving you what you need to feel like you're getting little wins for the day. When I get up, that's a win I'm up. And and when I'm waking early, it's holy shit. I don't want to get up three, two, one, put your feet on the ground and stand up and go. Like I hit the ground and just, I just start moving. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Literally just swerving through the, through the apartment and every little thing that you check off is a win. So like, that's a win. I'm like, man, I'm up. Yes. He's everybody's sleeping around here. And it's just mad people that have been up before me. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm like, Ooh, I just did meditation. I'm so, I'm so Zen. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, okay, look at me. Kitchen's clean, making some coffee. You know what I mean? Everything just makes me, it just makes me feel better. But then there's times and most, for, most times for me, when I'm again, I'm not on that routine. I'm working to get back to it because I'm out of that season. Thursdays is the day I'm like, absolutely not. All week I've been getting up at 4 35 o'clock. I'm just gonna wake up and I still end up waking up early. You know what I'm saying? Earlier than I would if I just, but I just get up. I might just have some coffee, play around on my phone for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Thursday's also a day that I like to make a, a personal day. So I really try not to ever schedule meetings on Thursdays and I can just do whatever I want. It's like a, I can go get a pedicure. I can go get a facial. I could go to play around at Trader Joe's, which is one of my favorite things to do. You know, it's just, I just take that time for me. Fridays are creative days. What do I need to do to be creative? What can I research and stuff, taking courses, planning content, things like that. So, man, I don't think that they're bullshit, but I think that there are times when we really do need some type of structure. And it goes back to, like you said, being an athlete, you're just used to, this is where you need to be. This is what time you need to be there. And and it's not being told. It's just, you have to just show up and perform. And I think that structure can be, can be really good for us at times. Yeah. Once you have kids, I think that definitely is like another notch in how important this stuff is. This is what I think is overrated. I think wake up, hit the ice bath, drink straight black coffee, eat 50 grams of protein that's overrated. i'm with you 100 percent. not overrated is as dude you're hitting so many things around the head those early morning wins you know checking those boxes and getting that motivation and it's funny you brought up my wife we have such a great relationship she just yesterday goes hey brent just so you know like i still want you to hoop once our son comes and i just kind of looked at her i was like Okay, because I was totally planning on like giving giving her everything she needs as far as that time frame. That's the type of man. That's why I said that because I assume that you would that you would be like that. But she knows that I'm a better person on the days I go hoop because hey, there ain't no better way to start your day than than ripping some threes in somebody's face, bro. I'm gonna tell you that right now. When you run a court, when you go six and zero, and you got everybody <laughs> in the gym looking at you like, dang, bro, you had it today. I mean. It's not even 7 a.m. and I'm, I'm feeling good. So I think that I think that's a great point that you were touching on as far as, you know, I think I think it is not overrated from a mental standpoint, getting those wins, just being an active human, you know, getting everything turning and burning. But I do think, you know, the, the, the premise around these, you have to do this right when you wake up. And if you don't, you won't get the most out of your day. I think that's where it's like that part to me is is when it starts getting a little overrated. I think if you get up and you get after it, whatever that may be, play basketball, drink coffee, play on your phone, as long as you're like kind of getting going, I'm good with it. Now those psychos that are like, 
I wake up at 4.59, I'm in the ice bath by 5.01, and then from 5.01 to 5.05, I'm in 30 degrees ice. It's like, dude, chill, bro. Like, that's that's a little too much. We're a little overrated at that point. Um, I did want to do a supplement plug because this is something new that I've been trying out too is the, uh, I started working with a company called Cured. And Oh, tell me. They just they have all these really cool products a lot of them are cbd thc based there's also lion's mane things like that in the different products but there was a product so oh lion's mane at the beginning that's why i wanted to touch on this so when i first started this routine i was slamming energy drinks i was slamming as much caffeine as possible right like i was probably in the 500s on those monday wednesday fridays when i was up at 5 a.m i was in the 500s easily and i started working this company called cured and they do a, a product called rise and I've never needed Adderall. I've never been like the type that that had needed that. Obviously, I've experimented with Adderall, so I kind of know what it feels like to an extent as far as you know how it can really get you going and get your energy up and all that stuff. But I started taking this product, Rise. It's 10 milligrams of CBD, lion's mane, cord- I'm not even gonna try and say that word, cordyps, <laughs> uh, hyperzine A, and it is THC free. So I started taking this probably about 90 days ago, and bro, I'm going to swear by this. Like for the rest of my life, I'm going to try and take this supplement. And what, what company is this from boo cured nutrition, cured nutrition. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know, we'll try and if, if we plug this on social, I'll be sure to throw the link up there. But if you guys follow me on social, I, I talk about this company quite a bit, but it's just great for focus and clarity. I like how there's no jitter effect, obviously, because there's no caffeine and there's no crash. So I actually take these when I get home from basketball, um, I take my shower and get cleaned up. That's usually when I take that. And it kind of just gives me that extra spunk for the day. So I did want to plug that really quick. But going back to um, our questions and, you know, that ice bath, I said it was kind of overrated. What do, you, what do you think about those cats that wake up and the first thing they do is jump into a freezing cold ice bath? Well, first off, I I do agree with you. I used to be in a season. You guys will hear us probably use these terms a lot. I used to be in a season of my life where, that would have been more appealing to me because I was looking for that guidance from people who were high performers on how to reach that level and then sustain it. So for those people, it works. A big thing I learned is if you feel like it gives you an edge, do it. It, it scientifically, it doesn't matter because it does whether, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this one day, but you know, talking about the TRT, you know, HR, well, more HRT because we're there's different levels to it, but um, literally, like immediately, I felt like tighter. I felt like, bro, it ain't no change happening in your body 15 minutes later. That's a placebo effect, but it don't matter. I feel like my joints feel better because that's what I want. So my brain is thinking, oh, this is working, you know? So it doesn't appeal to me. I, I think that that level of structure. Some people just need a kick in the ass and that's who that's for. And then the rest of us just, you need to just, you know, maybe you need a jump start or something, but I'm, I'm not for it because you know what, when I didn't do that stuff, like those type of guys said, or I broke the routine, man, I was so hard on myself that it was like detrimental. Like literally it was like detrimental because I felt like a failure and I felt like I wasn't earning a chance to be a high performer. And I felt like you know, man, I don't have what it takes to. So I had to learn to like be gentle with myself. You know, don't be so hard, like learn from your mistakes. It's just like in basketball. Like you said, you know, you go hoop, you know, and you know, I hope with a couple, you know, groups around here too. And it's like, man, 
didn't have a great day today. Got to come back tomorrow and be better. And that's it, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think that it's about like, you just got to get some wins. And I think those guys started to get so many wins and it started to, that it just became this addictive thing, you know what I'm saying, for them. So, but as far as ice bats, I will say, you know, huge fan. I got to get one. You know, B, it's so funny. There's this book called uh, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And it's basically about like leveraging, you know, financial investments and, you know, credit lines and stuff like that. And one of the things that they break down is, is, uh, explaining that everybody has what's called like their rich life. And it's your view of what being rich is for some people it's buying sneakers for some people. I know what it is for me, bro. I always say it whenever I see it on TV. What is it? It's running. I think rich dudes run. They put on their, they put on their, uh, headphones they got their like little outfit and they run. I yeah. feel like rich people have time yeah. to just go for a run. They, yeah. <laughs> they spend so much money on their accessories and their clothes. And they, they, they like to, for example, this type of person, they fly all around the world. They're not really great runners, but they run in all the races, the Boston marathon, the New York marathon. That's like a part of someone that likes to travel. They're like, geez, you travel all the time. You're wasting your money on this. No, I'm not because this brings me joy. Yesterday, I came to the realization for the first time, I think of what my rich life really is. It actually, bro, it was this morning driving back to the apartment. I want to have the ability to, of course, you know, support my family and do all that at a high level, right? Bro, I want to be able to have a combat trainer, a boxing trainer, a functional movement trainer. And I just show up places and people tell me what to do. And I got one person that's working on my soft tissue. One person that's making sure I'm staying balanced. Somebody that's teaching me to stay nasty in these streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and somebody that's telling me what to eat. I, I was like, yo, damn, that really, if all I did was be able to afford that. And of course, again, the things that you need for general financial independence, I would be so happy because that training and working out and being mobile and, you know, waking up pain-free, you know what I'm saying? And again, like, you know, as men, we need to be dangerous because when it all comes, when shit hits the fan, they're looking at you to do something. People are looking around and they're looking for somebody who's not afraid of danger. And I, and in this world we live in, you know, I don't even have a family yet. I can't even imagine, bro. Like, here's another one weapons training, like having someone who trains me in weapons, being able to go on trips and learn close, close quarter combat and shooting from cars and how to disarm somebody, you know, those types of things are the things that would make me feel good. So yeah, that's where I think all this routine stuff really comes back to how can I be a high performer so I can live life on my own terms the way that I want. And I think me and you like to try new things. We're like, Oh, we, you know, we read an article, we see a blog post, we watch a video and it's like, Oh, I want to try that. For me, it was a couple of years ago, it was cold showers. I, I had this thing where it was kind of right before the big ice bath thing that's now now taken mm -hmm. over, where it was like, you should start your day with, you know, a five minute freezing cold shower, right? I was too. What I found is that it actually just pissed me off every day. And <laughs> I like, it never brought value to my life. If anything, I was just mad. I would be in the shower. <laughs> And, you know, as a man, I'm sitting there like, you know, don't be a sissy. You can take this. It's just ice water. Like, oh. and then I would literally leave the shower that morning, like pissed. Like that did not set a good tone for the rest of my day. 
your body did the opposite of what you do with your warm showers and stretching. It got tight. I'm not loose. I don't really, yeah, I'm awake. Look, I'm awake. I do not feel refreshed and I do not feel like that was a win. No. <laughs> and I, and so I did that for a couple of weeks and I realized very quickly, like that wasn't for me. So, Hey, kudos to those guys that do the morning ice baths. I think it no, is respect cool. I see a ton of benefits. I see a ton of benefits personally. Ice baths are different to me. Ice baths are different. If I'm getting in, if I'm getting in 30 degree water, it's going to be by choice. That's it's going to like when I'm done hooping those days where I feel like, man, I need to get an ice bath. That's different than me going, well, it's 7 a.m. I got to get an ice bath. Here we go. Like that, that, that for me, I, I've never seen a lot of benefit. Right, right, right. Marcus, do you watch your caffeine? We were talking about caffeine a little bit with the supplement I was plugging, but do you watch your caffeine intake at all um, during the day? For the last 10 years, absolutely not. The more coffee, the better. The more caffeine, the better. Like, absolutely not. Like, listen, like I, I think that people are so peculiar, B. People will tell me when they hear that I, that I eat plant-based or something. Oh, make sure, make sure you get enough of this. Make sure you, make sure you get enough of that. I'm like, bitch, I know you are not trying to counsel me on how to be healthy, bro. I have more vegetables, bro. I have more vegetables in this smoothie, <laughs> serving of vegetables in this. This is five cups of greens inside this smoothie that most you motherfuckers have in a week. Do not talk to me about that. But I think that, <laughs> but I think that, you know, I started to pay more attention to it because too much of anything is, is bad for you, you know? And I just realized that when it started to become like a dependency, not like, oh, I can't talk. I haven't had my coffee. But every day I was like, especially when I was working, you know, from I've always kind of worked from home, you know, since I stopped with the gyms. But like at the pandemic, it started getting bad, like two, sometimes three French presses. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this is this is too much. I know about adrenals. I know about. So let me just. I would have periods. I wouldn't have coffee for like two weeks, three weeks. And then I would have, but now I think I'm in a much healthier place where I'm mixing in teas and I'm having just less. I have like literally a half a thing of a French press. I think it's something that's worth paying attention to, but also like we get blood labs, you and me get labs. So there's, you know what I'm saying? I really don't need to reduce anything based off of what we see in our labs, but I, too much of anything's too bad, man. What about what about you as it pertains to like caffeine? Like, yeah, I actually did have to set limits on it, and I'll tell why. One of them was my concentration at work. Mm. I would get to a point where my brain was going so fast that I couldn't control as fast as I was thinking about stuff. I was losing my train of thought a lot. I was getting anxious. That was another big one. My palms were getting sweaty for no reason. Um, I'm not necessarily an anxious person. I say that, but I do have a lot of anxious qualities. So like, I don't, I want to say I have like true anxiety, but like I would have more anxious moments, um, around that if my caffeine intake was too high. And then last but not least was if I took too much caffeine, especially later in the day, it would make it obviously hard for me to fall asleep at night. So then when I had to wake up the next morning, it caused like a residual effect where it, it maybe felt good for that day where I was able to kind of push through the afternoon and get after it. But then that night I couldn't fall asleep, which then trailed into the next day when I woke up at 5 a.m. and then it just caused more problems. So I do try to modify how much I take, especially in the afternoon. Now I will say there's some days where your boy needs a little extra. So, so we get after it, but um, it's not necessarily, I'm like every little drop I'm counting, but I do just have a mindset of like, okay, like today's Friday. 
I can have caffeine this afternoon because I know tomorrow like we'll have a decently rest rested day. So I can I can pump it up this afternoon if I need to. But on those, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays when I'm trying to get to bed early to turn around and wake up early the next morning. Those are definitely the days I pay a little more attention to. When's your, what's your cutoff for like, okay, no more caffeine for the day? Uh, my cutoff for caffeine is usually one o'clock. I think that after my lunch, if I would need to have a little pick me up for, for the rest of the work day, I would say anytime after 2 PM, it, it lingers too late in the night and that, that causes issues. So uh, I'd say one o'clock for me. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then Marcus and we're going to dive into our nighttime routines. Okay, Marcus, so we talked about how we start our day. Now let's talk about how we end our day. Being a dad, this has probably been the coolest part for me. It's also sometimes the hardest part, and I'll tie, I'll tie into that in just a second. But bedtime routines with little kids is everything. And my oldest daughter, Rain, is a type A personality where she needs the exact same routine every single night. And if we skip any steps in that routine, she completely loses her mind. And so we've done a great job as a family. We eat dinner together at 6 p.m. I will be honest, my wife, if she listens to this, she's like, he doesn't eat every time. I actually don't like to always eat right at six, but I always try to be a part of what my family's doing at six. So whether I'm the one cooking the food or even just sitting with my daughter, daughters as they're eating, stuff like that. But we do try to eat as a family around 6 p.m. And then a lot of times we'll do bath time and that's usually something I'm in charge of. I would say about 75% of the time where I take my daughters to, to the bath and we hang out there for about 15 minutes. And then um, we switch back to man coverage where Nicole takes Rylan, our youngest, does you know, gets her in her pajamas, does bottle time, takes her upstairs. And then I spend a little bit more time one-on-one with my oldest daughter, Rain. Um, and this is, this is our routine. I'm going to break it down for you. So first thing we have to do is... Obviously we take a bath, we sometimes braid her hair, things like that, get her all ready for bed. And then we read her Bible. So we got a Bible from a church we went to in Springfield. It's like a kid's Bible. So we read a chapter or two out of that. I think that's great for my daughter. And then after that we do my favorite part, which is what are we thankful for? And I always make her do three things that she's thankful for. And it's been really cool, you know, to hear that from a three-year-old. Sometimes it's, really cool stuff like i just love how much my daddy loves me and then other times it's like boogers <laughs> you know it's it, it can it can be like the scope of anything on but what it's what it's actually done that i've noticed is pretty cool so i do that in my living room and by that time nicole usually has came back down from putting Ryland to bed and then she'll go around the room and then i have to tell her three things i'm thankful for and then she'll say mommy what are you thankful for and so it's kind of a cool little um, bonding moment for all of us almost every single night where, you know, hey, what are you thankful for? We, you know, it, it's a good way to cap off the day. And so that's cool. Uh, we do what we're thankful for. And then my daughter gets to pick out a, we call it a special treat. It's usually like a rice cake or something like that. And she gets a snack on that as she gets ready to go to bed. After that, I come back downstairs and I get to spend some one on one time with my wife. So usually we watch some kind of show. Um, gives us an opportunity to also clean up the house, do laundry, things like that. And then we, we get in the bed and, and we, we shut it down. And the struggle I was going to say is as a sports fan this time of year, you know, between the games usually start at six. Like right now, tonight, the Celtics play and the game starts at six. So 
you know, I used to be able to just shut down the rest of my life from 6 p.m. on, where now that's that's no longer the case. And so it's it's taken some adaptions here and here and there, but for the most part, I love our nighttime routine. I think for my kids, it's super, super important. It's also super important for me because it gives me an opportunity to decompress from the day, kind of slow everything down and start to relax. And I do not try to be on my laptop and stuff like that at that time. Sometimes I do, if I have a couple of work things I need to knock out, I will. But really that's my time to you know, watch a Netflix show, put the game on, whatever it may be. Um, do you have any specific nighttime routines as far as how your night goes, Marcus? Yeah, man, like again here, this is a, a part of the reason that, you know, we're kind of here at this topic. It's because I, I, I do, but I haven't been, I haven't been executing it. You know, it's just kind of, up and down, back and forth. You know, now I'm coaching a basketball twice a week. So during the week, you know, I'm not done till like nine o'clock. So I'm not really getting back and settled down till maybe nine 30, nine 40, you know? So right now it's trying to find that balance in what's going to allow me to roll into my mornings the right way and kind of resetting it now in general, right. Again, I'm going back to the times that I performed the best. And a part of that was this past fall when I was kind of relaunching things. The first thing was sleep hygiene. So again, when we're talking sleep hygiene, we're talking all the things around allowing you to be in bed and falling asleep as fast as possible, leading to a, then working toward a higher quality of sleep. So that begins with about, you know, an hour or two before bedtime, the alert goes off on my phone to start winding down. So at that point, I'm reducing low lights. I'm throwing on blue light lenses. I'm turning off screens as much as possible, trying to be off devices as much as possible, start to play some, you know, chill music and just start to like, uh, there's a thing on Spotify just called like jazz for sleep. That's actually a a really good one. That's just simple. And, And I've wanted to get more into like listening to jazz music because, um, you know, you hear it in movies and stuff and you're like, dang, man, that's good. You know, and you used to, I feel like I used to hear a lot more of it when I was a kid. And, uh, when I watched Reacher, there was just some good jazz and like blues. So I was like, you know what? So I started listening to jazz for sleep. It's, it's, and it's, it's really good. And then at that point, it's again, you know, taking magnesium, you know, just little things, you know, do I need to do some nighttime mobility and then trying to wind down in those two hours with low lights and everything to allow me to get in bed. And when my head hits the pillow, I'm just bam, falling asleep. But man, I, I haven't been doing that. You know, like I said, sleeping in different places and, kind of routine, you know, up later, you know, and then that's also a part of what's playing into those days where I'm not waking up earlier. So I'm kind of at a crossroad now to where it's like, do that, what my body's telling me. And, and I think that's probably, you know, if there was a takeaway I wanted people to take or to get from this, your body's talking to you, the results you're getting in your life, in your business, in your friendships, and they're talking to you, you know, and you can only ignore it for so long. That's what I did with my body. I, I, I felt tight for weeks. Let's not act like it happened overnight. You know what I'm saying? I felt tight for weeks. I knew all these days I was waking up, bro, and I wasn't doing my mobility. I was like, ah, I need to do my mobility. Ah, I need to go to my yoga class. And I didn't. And then finally, my body was like, okay, since you don't want to listen to us, since you don't want to take these cues, then we're just, just go sit down. You know. And I think that happens to all of us in our, in our lives, and we're just trying to navigate that. That's actually a great segue into my last kind of point, which was uh, I do hot tub at night. I have a full hot tub that I put 
uh, out on our deck during during the cold months during this time of year I actually take it down because we like having the bigger patio space while we're out there hanging out but I usually swap it for Epsom salt bass and mm. I do it exactly what you were just talking about I do it based on how I feel like if I get to the end of the night and I'm super wrecked or something sore you know my back's been a little tight this week so I've been doing Epsom salt bass at night I just crank the hot water up and lay in there and just try to relax I don't I don't take my phone in there or nothing like that I try to just turn the lights down and and just kind of calm myself down and, and let my body recover. And so that's another thing that I've thrown in lately is the hot tub and the Epsom salt bass right before bed. It's brought me a lot of relief, especially if, if I have any pains or anything like that going on. Um, on top of that, I do do uh, cure that same company I was talking about. They have a nighttime um, routine that, that I also take that helps my sleep. It is a, a micro dosing of THC, CBD. Um, I do what's called the sleep bundle, which is it's a, a product called Zen and then a product called Nightcaps. And it's functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and then full spectrum CBD and CBN. And so it kind of helps me take the edge off a little bit and uh, get ready for bed. Do you, have, do you take any supplements to help you sleep at all, Marcus? So funny that you said that because I didn't mention that in this. I am huge on CBD, uh, in the evenings just to help me decompress and like turn my brain off because I'm the type of guy. And, and, you know, I would say you're cut from the same mold too. It's like, I'll be so critical of myself. I'll be like, man, I didn't. And I'll just be thinking about all the things I need to do tomorrow. And I'll just be laying in bed in my brain. And I, a lot of us deal with this. It's not like, it's something that's just for me and B every single night. I'll take a gummy every night without like, it's a part of my routine. I am about to test out. I'm glad you brought this up because I'm about to test out a sleep cocktail and I will find out what the guy's name is when I get an update on this, because he's a very well-known content creator and like big, like biohacking expert and a strength and conditioning guy, just a guy with a ton of background. And I like hearing from middle-aged or older men because they've been through all these things that you and I are talking about. They've been through the failed relationships. They've been through the marriages. They've got the kids. They've got the house. They've got all that. So I want to hear from somebody who's had to learn the, the hard way, you know? So it's magnesium three and eight. It's apigenin and theanine. And you're supposed to take it 30 to 60 minutes before sleep. Now, I really didn't know that there were so many different versions of magnesium. Um, so we're not going to go into the science of this. Maybe we'll do a breakdown, like a special episode where we kind of talk a little bit in detail when I do a little recap on testing this. Because um, I also would like to try out some of these cured stuff um, and run a little test on that, too. But I'm going to test out this little sleep cocktail. And it's three different supplements. So... And one of them is supposed to make your dreams like really intense. So, so they say to go from like 100 to 400 milligrams to like find a sweet spot. But if you're dreaming, that means you're probably in a deeper state of sleep as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Did you ever take that product from uh 10? It was their oil dropper underneath the tongue that was like their sleep aid. Did you ever take that? I, I think that I did take that one, but I, I don't want to say for, there were a couple that I did take but I don't remember like any crazy like results personally from them. Did you, did you try them? Cause they had some good stuff, bro. I remember Nicole was sponsored by that company. That's where I first met Nicole, by they the way, had this night project. Yeah. yeah. And bro, I'm telling you, you would put that thing, that dropper underneath your tongue, squirt a couple shots in there and you would like melt into the bed. Like, I feel like you couldn't, it almost felt like a, 
mm-hmm. like a horse tranquilizer, I swear. Like you would lay down, Whoa. you couldn't pick your arms up, you couldn't like move. It was the trippiest thing ever. And I, like we still joke about that Damn. product to this day and how just like trippy it was and basically how it put you in like this crazy trance. Another one um, that used to make me feel like that was uh, Progenics Cocoon. Cocoon. They had something in there that used to make me like zombie, bro. Like I used to get in this weird, like I would be out of it, bro. Like in crazy dreams. You want to talk about dreams, bro? Oh my goodness. Like colors flying, like the whole nine yards, bro. Oh yeah. I'm sure it has all kinds of stuff. Progenics. Wow. What an amazing example of marketing, of understanding your community and marketing to them. Um, and how crazy is it that the supplement industry is the way it is to where companies like that can literally make a product and sell it for, cause I know why I didn't keep taking it. I'm pretty sure I ordered cocoon after like my second bag of progenics. And I was like, I can't afford this bags are like $75 for like 20 servings. Yeah. It was crazy. insane. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. but then you have other company and like their ingredients. If you don't know the story, you can look it up, but like, um, crazy branding. They were like involved with CrossFit big time. Um, it basically came out that like what they listed was in it wasn't in it and you can make it for like 20 bucks at GNC. Meanwhile, you have companies like 10 Institute where if you know those guys, um they're like big pharmaceutical people. So the quality of what they had in their stuff, i.e. this stuff to help you go to sleep was way different and that was a big thing that I didn't notice about them cuz I got to go to the factory and stuff. I'm like, "Oh, this is like some ph-. and they're making stuff for like big pharmaceutical people." But yeah, 10 Institute and Progenics, man, that's like a blast from the blast from the past, man. It's also why 10 in- Institute's powders tasted like shit because yeah. they were like raw forms of all the yeah. formulas. Like it was there was there was no fillers in it and it, so it was brutal. I remember trying to take the protein and stuff like that. It wasn't for your boy. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Hopefully, y'all got something out of our routines. Please try out, you know, whatever it may be to get your day going. Get you those early wins and go attack the day and win it. We appreciate y'all. We'll have another episode coming live to you next week. We love y'all. Appreciate it.